Welcome back, you beautiful people. Welcome to the T-Flip Show, episode four. I am so happy for you guys to be here. Thank you guys so much for watching. Listen, we got a great conversation today. We have a special guest, Frank Lombardo. As you're going to see, the guy's a fantastic talker. He has seen a lot of life, and it's just a, it's a great conversation. I don't want to spoil anything. I want you guys to experience firsthand. So let me know what you guys think down in the comments. You know, Tell me what you thought about his experiences, and maybe if you got some suggestions of topics you want Shane and I to go over next episode let me know leave it down in the comments below and all you listeners on spotify and apple Podcasts, hey thank you so much for listening and guys as always if you want to you know skip the wait of waiting to see or hear this on youtube apple podcast spotify podcast you can catch us live every single wednesday on tflip 16 on twitch 6 p.m pst every wednesday that's where you can find us live live interview unfiltered uncut same great content nonetheless. So with all that being said, thank you guys so much for watching. I cannot appreciate you guys and thank you guys enough. And hey, this is the start of something new, right? As always, be a friend, tell a friend. Take care. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> welcome to episode four of the T-Flip Show. Frank Lombardo, welcome. How are we doing? Good. Good. I'm very good. Very happy to have you. Joined by, our, as usual, our co-host Shane. How are we doing, Shane, down oh, there? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Beautiful place. hump day, eh, huh? Oh. Perfect. Gorgeous day. The weather out there is just really shaping up, I'd yes. say. I mean, yeah. Really starting to feel like summertime. Slightly obviously. on the warm side, but not too warm, you know. Yeah. No, it's it's ideal. You know, the pollen's a little high, you know. It's got allergies, you know. <laughs> it scares you. Is it COVID? Is it allergies? We don't know. We're yeah. sniffling a little bit, but I'd say it's very temperate out there, boys. Yeah, I would say so. I'd say so. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the Frank Lombardo. Um, not only is he a man of many wonders, many talents, many experiences, but he's also my girlfriend's grandfather. So he, he's like family to me. So uh, I'm very excited to have you join us, Frank. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's a, I'd have to say you're probably one of our first individuals with as much life experience as you have on this show and I'm, I'm excited i'm excited to have someone with as much wisdom as you have here on the well, show looking forward to it hearing the time he's been on earth yeah sure i'm sure i think you do um and plus i got my tomatoes in today so everything's good your tomato tomatoes. tomatoes are in <laughs> you got the tomatoes tyler got his eggs yeah right, i got my egg, go. fresh eggs yeah exactly yeah. So, so Frank, I, I already touched on it right out of the gate. You know, you're 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 a man of many experiences, many talents. Um, the first thing that comes to mind that I know from you is that you're you're a firefighter for uh, Santa Clara County, correct? I was, I was. For how how many years was that? Thirty. Thirty, 30 years. years. That's 30 incredible. Years. Yeah. So tell me, I, I know it's a little broad. I'm going to just throw you into it, but tell me a little bit about your experience. What was it like? What got you into firefighting? What what led you to that path? <clears throat> well, to be honest, um, I was a machinist. And it was in my early, I was in my early 20s. I was a machinist. Then I met my, my bride. And I knew. <laughs> Off camera in the corner yeah. over here. By the way, we do have a little bit of a live studio audience today. We do. We yeah. have a first live studio yeah. audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sorry, continue. And I met, I met my lovely uh, bride-to-be, and I knew I'm, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Sure. If you've ever been in a machine shop, it's oily, greasy, dirty, dark. I'm sorry for all you machinists out there, but <laughs> I knew I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. So I took my, the advice of my cousin, who was a San Jose firefighter. He said, come on, kid, take the test. So I did. I took the test for the county and the city of San Jose. And luckily, I passed them both, and the county called me first, so I went to work for them. And how, how old were you when that, when that went down? Good question. I was about 23 okay. then. 
And uh, so I, <clears throat> I was already married for about a year. So I, I knew we, we thought, oh, my God, I can't do this machinist thing mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. So that was that. So since you already touched on it, I, I might as well bring it up. I was going to save it, you know, let us get there to it. But you brought up – so you're already married for a year. Yeah. Uh, how old? 22. 22. 22, almost 23. Exactly. So you, you got married for what in our generation more often than not is uh, pretty young. Very young, yeah. you know, for most. Early I know for Shane and I, you know, right. kind of the norm is maybe, I don't know, 24, 25. Yeah. But, but let, me, let me just say something. What do you do when you meet the right woman? Lock her down. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Lock her down. <laughs> Woo! Do Otherwise, somebody else will, mm-hmm. right? Okay, Shane. Yeah. Hey, right. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. So, so you, you, you already brought up your marriage. Um, you're married at, it was 22, 20, 22 yeah. then you got married right. at 22 right. and you, you really just, you, you were certain on it, you know? So tell me about like what, what gets you there to that point? Because you're, you're married to the same woman. How many years later now you've been married? 50, 53, 53, wow. 53 years. years. That, that's something Impressive. special, something incredibly special. And it doesn't seem special because it's just day to day stuff. You it, know? Comes right. it comes natural. It comes natural. I love that. I love Perfect. that. Right. So, so here, here's my question then is, is as a couple guys here sitting at the table, yeah. how do you do it? What, what, what do we got to look for as guys and girls and, you know, how to make a, a relationship like that last? Wow. That's a good, that's a really good question. And I'll, I'll answer it like this. You, you have to have a uh, sense of humor uh-huh. and you have to be compatible in that way. You, you don't have to like the same things, but you have to compliment each other, you know, I don't like to clean the garage. She likes to clean the garage. I mean, you can't <laughs> beat that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, come on. So those are the things. You know, if, if one person is good at one thing, uh, you're good at something else, and you complement each other, and, and that's what makes uh, the world go around, really. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So so I, I want to touch on that because I knew already that you and Janet have been married as long as you have and as happy as you guys are, you know. Oh, so I, I had to I had to bring that up, and I'm sure Shane might want to dive into something on that later. But yeah. I think we'll get to it because I yeah, want to get back to the firefighting because you you brought sure. up sure. you brought up your your marriage. So um, so firefighting. So you you were a machinist prior to be a firefighter. I was. So maybe I, I might have missed it. So what made it certain in your head though? Like how do you go from machinist to firefighter? It's just like it was a, a click where it's like that sounds like something I want to do for the next thirty years. <clears throat> no, I didn't. Well, to be honest, uh, I didn't like being a machinist. Mm-hmm. And I knew, because I would visit my cousin at the firehouse p- periodically, and they looked like they were having a good time. Yeah. And that's what you want. in, in If you're going to do something as a career, yeah, would enjoy it, be it. Nice? Yeah. it be nice to enjoy it? It <laughs> yeah. would be nice to enjoy it, and I did. For 30 years, I couldn't think of a, anything that I would have done that would have been more enjoyable. That's awesome. I'm not that's kidding. I'm not, yeah. I'm not kidding about that. That's that's true. Yeah. So and then I know I know Shane. We brought it up in uh, the debriefing of this show. Some <laughs> questions regarding that in the firefighting, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you want to ask him regarding that before we go further on it. Well, there was one question I had in particular, seeing as you're such a a stud at the age you are now, and uh, you know firefighters kind of have that reputation of being, you know, that's what the ladies like. You know what I mean? Whoa. They like they like that. And, you know, my dad was a firefighter for, for a handful of years. And, you know, he had some funny stories of that, you know, walking into a bar with your shirt on or whatever, you know. And uh, I actually went to school to be a firefighter for one year. Didn't, you know, it wasn't my thing. I didn't end up following through with it. But, you know, the one year I was there, I would wear my, 
my mission fire sweatshirt, yeah. you know, and it just always seemed to attract the ladies. And so coming into this as a married man, you know, 22 <laughs> stud, right? How are you able to just, you know, fight off all the, well, the ladies? Well, to be honest, I was 150 pounds. <laughs> I just made the cut, by the way. You had to be okay. 150 pounds. Yeah. And I was not a stud back then. But, and I'm not a stud now. <laughs> but my wife can attest to this. I was just a skinny kid. I was lucky I got on. I'm not saying, I mean, I, the desire was there. Mm -hmm. So um, I, really, I really wanted it because I knew um, I was going to be married for a long time. Mm -hmm. she's, the, she's the right one. So if, I, if you're going to be married for a long time and you're, you're going to want to bring, bring the – and I didn't want her to work. Now, that's my, my bad probably. I kind of kept, kept her out of the job market. She might have wanted to do something, mm -hmm. but I thought – You wanted to take care of her. Well, I wanted to take care of her, but I wanted her to, to raise our children rather than not be there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there. Now, when I first got on, and, and it still is today, you've got to be there at the firehouse 24 hours around the clock. Mm -hmm. So somebody's got to be home. Somebody's got to be home to uh, make sure everything's going. Yeah, I was gonna say, what, is, what was your schedule? Was it three days on, four days off? Or? And, well, it was uh, three days. Like, just take, for instance, if you went to work on a Monday, you worked 24 hours mm -hmm. around the clock. You get off at Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Be back at Wednesday morning at eight o'clock. Gotcha. Around the clock. Be back at Friday. So, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm -hmm. and then four days off in a row. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the next three days and four days yeah, off. So, where exactly were you stationed? <clears throat> For the most of, most of my career, I started at uh, Tully Road in San Jose, okay. next to the fairgrounds. Yeah. It was a fun place to start. I I um, I met a lot of great guys there, and. For for most of my career, I was stationed at Shannon uh, in Los Gatos mm -hmm. on Shannon Road. I worked downtown Los Gatos on University Avenue for a while. I worked all the stations in our. By the way, I worked for Santa Clara County Fire, uh, as opposed to San Jose or mm -hmm. one of the other Cal cities. Fire. Right, yeah. Cal Fire. Um, Santa Clara County Fire is unique in that it is a county fire department, but we contract to police officers too, right? No, we don't have police officers. That, that's the sheriff's department. Okay. That, that, but we have we protect Los Gatos, Campbell, uh, Saratoga, uh, Los Altos. Um, Camp, did I say Los Gatos? Uh, Campbell, Saratoga, uh, Los Altos. I can't think of the rest. Uh, but there there are two hundred chunk of the bay roughly yeah. roughly two hundred and fifty thousand people in our jurisdiction. Gotcha. And we have, uh, as it stands now, around 300 suppression uh, and um, uh, their support people, suppression, support, and uh, fire prevention. Mm -hmm. There are about 300 p total. And so it's, it's, a, it's a fairly big department because uh, Santa Clara County is the biggest county in Northern California, in Northern California. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it was a great career. I really, um, I wish I could tell you a lot of stories, but it, it's hard to remember them all. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I, I can only imagine 30 years. It's hard to, you know, collect put it, put it all in a, an hour yeah. Holy cow, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I, if you had to choose one of the many, and I know this is one of Shane's questions, I might yeah. yank it from you, uh, is what, out of all the experiences you had, things you saw, and, you know, things you did, 
what would you say is the most bizarre? Whether it's funny, scary, or yeah, like if you most, had a, your most memorable call that you went on. Mm, that is that's a tough. Now that's really tough. Sure, I memorable imagine. in that um, you know you, you see death and destruction mm-hmm. in thirty years, you can't help but, yeah. but see that. But um, there are some unique uh, aspects to the job. And I'll tell you one that that stick stuck with me for for a long time, and it, um, it's kind of kind of silly. We get a call of a smoke detector alarm mm-hmm. sure. going off from somebody across the street from a house that he could hear the smoke detector, so he called the fire department. Now we didn't go code three as red lights and sirens, yeah, so we didn't detector. even go code three. Yeah. We went code two, which is just like you're normally driving there. So we get there, we pull up, and we can hear the smoke detector going off in the house. So we get out of the engine, and we walk up to the front door, knock on the front door, and look in, and to to our left, down the hallway, there's an old man, probably my age, but he's an old guy on a ladder, and his wife's there holding him up, and he's trying to take the smoke detector <laughs> on the ceiling. The batteries. Yeah. yeah. The batteries uh-huh. are okay. So I open the screen door. They said, oh, hi. I look to my right, and the kitchen is fully involved. Oh, jeez. Honestly. <laughs> the guy had gone into the kitchen, thought he was turning off the stove, turned on the stove, and it just turned on all four burners, and they melted the light that was above fell on the burners and was just blazing. So, so they were more worried about the smoke detector than the fire? They didn't even know the house was on fire. Oh, they didn't even know the house was on fire. Oh, jeez. So, so if the guy across that. the street hadn't called... They would have been caught in there more than likely. Well, you don't know. But, yeah, you never but know. It but it was... <laughs> I mean, it was... We talked about that for a while. But that's one of many, many... And I wish, you know... I should have known that would, would have been a, a question you were going to ask me. And I, I didn't think about that today, but... But there were a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of things that that happened. What, ab- what about maybe like a, a prank? I know my dad when he was a firefighter, uh, he's got all kinds of prank stories that he did or uh-huh. that were done to him. You have a yeah. memorable prank that you did or that you were pranked on? You think? Yeah. <laughs> you when think? I first when I first got on, that was hazing was was the thing. Yeah, you got a haze rookie. Hazing was the, the green one. So, uh, I, there, there's a couple stories I can't tell, but. One story I can tell was uh, when a new guy used to come on, they'd show him how to clean the toilets and, mm-hmm. you know, take him to the bathroom and show him how to clean sure. the toilets. But he's, yeah. I remember one guy, he came in and, and we were showing him how to clean the toilets. And so he said, well, you got to wait because there's somebody going to the bathroom in here. But as soon as he's done, we'll go in. And so what happened was they took a pair of turnout boots stuck him in the bathroom, you know, in the stall. Mm-hmm. So you could see the turnout boots, brought a hose in through the window, <laughs> turned it on at a trickle so you could hear the guy peeing. So it sounds like he's peeing. <laughs> right. <laughs> he must have been peeing for a half an hour straight while this guy was outside waiting for, waiting him, for to, him to come out. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know what the guy was thinking, <laughs> but that's one of the things and, and many, many things. I... I to myself, uh, when I first got on, I remember going to the fire. These guys were crazy guys. I mean, they, they went, when the alarm went off, it was all business. Mm-hmm. But, but between the, between between the, the alarms. alarms yeah. Between the alarms. Um, 
I noticed in the morning, somebody, one of the guys had, in, his, in the dorm, he had shaving equipment all over his bed, you know, with a towel, shaving mm. equipment. I didn't know what the heck it was for, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything. Finally, halfway through the day, you know, they were talking during during lunch, you know, like, yeah, when that happened to me, I, would, I wanted to quit. You know, what are they talking about? So finally comes time to, uh, after dinner, they wanted me to go in the dorm, and I'm thinking, shaving equipment, dorm, they're going to shave me. Yeah. And I thought, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. <laughs> so I started running around. They, they chased me. And I'm thinking, well, I can either give up and let them do what they're going to do, yeah. or I lock myself in the bathroom. Uh, and I did. I locked myself in the bathroom. Well, the captain had the keys for every room. Yeah. So they grabbed the key, and they came in there, and they drug me into the into the dorm. And they actually didn't shave me because they had pity on me. Uh-huh. But they were going to, and I didn't know what they were going to shave. I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Didn't so I'd rather not out. know. <laughs> no. So talking about the pranks, his, uh, Shane's dad, actually, Chris, he was formerly a firefighter like Shane said. Where? Uh, he was Cal Fire. He was stationed, well, a couple places, but he was mostly stationed up in San Cruz Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and why I bring him up, he, he says in the chat, you're talking about pranks and firefighters. And one of the things he says was, is we gave – this might be foreign to me, but you two at least should know. It says, we gave an FNG firefighter a small file and told him to sharpen the bulldozer blade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can assume what that means, yeah, but yeah. so it sounds like a... Yeah, they gave, they gave, yeah, they just gave the new guy the sure. blade. So, so is that normal, I guess, in the firefighter house? Like, it's you guys just prank each other? Well, to be honest, or? really, um, we do... In the fire service, you do see a lot of horrible things and there are i mean we we i can only imagine yeah really you you can imagine and so during the rest of the time it's good to have a sense of humor and to keep things light sure because if you don't um the little old lady that was hit by a car and you gotta counter the the you really do you really do heavy and i remember coming back from just that call and my engineer actually got sick he, he was sick. After you see something like that, mm-hmm. you know, you're a broken, a person that's just laying in the street, broken, just broken and dead. Yeah. And so you, you kind of, you know, you have to get over that. You mourn that, and then and then you you, you make things lighter. But right. Yeah, that's um, that's one of the things. We also had the firefighters rodeo. You probably are not familiar with that. I am not in the slightest. So I would I love to so. hear about that. And see, I was hoping you would ask me. About I would. My belt buckle. The belt buckle. Yes. You might be able to stand up. Can you stand up, maybe? Well, I don't know if I can, but I'm. You might, there you go. Yeah, there you, you go. can see it. Low to your right. Go low to. Sorry, this way. There you go. I think they see it. Firefighter belt buckle. So, and it says firefighter. So, what does that say on the top? 1983. Firefighters rodeo. And then 1983. All right. And then so, director Frank Lombardo even wow. got your name. That yes. is legit. I did not. Oh, yeah. You know what? When you walked in, when you walked in, I noticed the belt buckle, but I didn't look close enough at it. I just like, you, you look good. Had to tell you, had the boots, had the slacks. Got the yeah, dress. We, we I know, did. I know. Shane and I are a little underdressed. I feel a little bad. Wearing dirty work jeans and brown t shirt. <laughs> no, no. I, the reason I wore it is because I thought maybe it, it would give me something to talk about because yeah. there was a firefighter's rodeo back in the day. San Jose and County. They used to call us the County Cowboys because we started the rodeo. And San Jose um, 
would help us sell tickets and so mm -hmm. forth. And and we had and then the rest of the the rest of the cities in the county joined in, and it was uh, it was quite an event. It's kind of too bad. It was a lot of fun. We we'd have a dance afterwards, and it was it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. sounds like and a good even time. some firefighters even got to ride bulls, and I was asked. But I refused, and but some of my friends they did it. They hopped on, or yes, Bob Ramirez, good friend of mine. Wally Adams, another good friend. Uh -huh. um, yeah, Bob Ramirez told me one time he yeah he he had three sons, but he, he says my first two sons I wanted to name. He's a Hispanic guy, good guy. So I wanted to name my sons Jose and Jose B. <laughs> and he didn't. His wife wouldn't let him. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah, funny. Bob was a good guy. Yeah. He was a good, great guy. So, he so, still is, by the way. Still is. Good. Still I'm, is. Well, I'm glad to hear he's still, still hanging yeah, around. He still is. So I actually want to go back a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about the road. Like, how'd that go about? So you, you got your your department put it together, right? And so what what would happen? Tell me, you show up to the rodeo. I want to, I want to hear more about it. Yeah, we, put, this one steer. What's yeah, going put on me in, in there. there. Put me in the rodeo. Put you in the rodeo? Yeah, like uh, I, want to, I want to be there mentally. first row right now. Yeah, it was It was one of those things. We get We get a stock contractor who had stock he had bucking horses and bulls and and um, calves that roping calves and so forth we um we also we had a, a good friend um those of you who are watching that know san jose used to be roddy uh, jack roddy owned owned a bar up on allen rock avenue called boots and saddles and he was a world-class um, bulldogger world champion okay he, he won he won and he would come to the rodeo and we, we would just uh it, it was it was a lot of fun it was an actual yeah. i mean this was not just firefighters this was an right. actual pro rodeo with all the prca stars and so forth that's cool yeah, yeah. clowns and it was the whole bit it it's was a fun. whole nine yards it was it was way fun that's it definitely fun. on my bucket list i want to hop on a bull I think I want to try sometime. Oh, I, I mean, I got I got a couple of buddies that that are rodeo oh, rodeo guys. So yeah, that's crazy. I, I think make, it's I a one time thing. I can me. make some phone calls. Yeah, we could we can make it happen. Great. It seems I don't know. It seems kind of exciting. Like, cause yeah. don't they have protective vests that can go on too? Yeah, I mean, you get they didn't on by back a then. <laughs> yeah, me, they, they did not back then. Not they back didn't then. Wear I... helmets. They didn't wear protective vests. There's a cowboy Honestly. hat and jump on. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So so I wanted to kind of. We, we talked about that you've seen a lot of life, you know, um, and Shane and I are both 20, 20, are you 21, 22? I'm 21, yeah. 21, okay. 21 years young, I'm 22 years young, you know. Um, and I, it, it's not often that you know that someone like yourself has seen as much life of you ha as you have, you know, and the experiences that you've seen. So through the decades, I'm kind of curious as to, you know, there is, let me backtrack. We, we lived through a lot of trends, right? I, I know I could say that at you know, 22 years old, that there's a yeah, lot of trends. What we've seen in the you know, 21 years or whatever. Exactly. You know, things change. So, and you mentioned in a previous conversation, I would say maybe a week ago or so, you talked about how, as far as like cuss words. Now, I could pick a cuss word that if you say it, like you're fixing to fight someone. Like it's going to start a fight. And you said that, you know, one of the, probably the worst cuss words you could say in your day is MFR. Calling someone an FFR. Hey, you know, you're an MFR. <laughs> And it'd start a fight, you know, that that's like the deepest insult you could get. So what I'm asking you is, is like, as far as trends when you're young, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about whether it's, you know, what you're saying, how you're dressing, 
stuff like that. What, what what did you live through at our age? I would say as far as trends go. Wow, as far as trends go, back when now don't forget, I've lived three and a half lifetimes. You're 22. Uh-huh. I'm 76. Yeah, add it up. Yeah, three and a half <laughs> lifetimes. So I've I've forgotten. What you're asking me about a tr- a trend back when I was in my twenties, right? Yeah, wow. So, like, I I could think of what I I was so excited you showed me this. I didn't even know you had it. I recall a video you showed me. Well, not even video, it was film that you had transferred onto your computer of you and your buddies and your. I think it was a Corvette, wasn't yeah, it? We had Corvettes. You guys yeah. cruising around the streets. I right, remember the streets right. like and it isn't San Jose, wasn't it? Yes. The streets were incredibly wide. I just remember like collecting a few things from it, being as young as I am and thinking about, you know, that's my home, my city, you know, where I, I live, you know, yeah, and seeing how so it's different. different. Yeah, it's Everything it's really a winery. Like my, my elementary school I went to was a winery back, you know, in 40, 50 years ago. Or right. Yeah. So, so like I'm thinking about things like that, you know, that, that cool film that you had you and your buddies cruising around in your muscle cars and what you guys were wearing, you know. I'm thinking about like that. So we, I think we actually mentioned yeah. the pre-show is, uh, I think Emmy's brother said is that uh, the short shorts guys, guys are starting to wear shorter and shorter yeah. shorts. Unbelievable. You know? Yeah. So like, what's well, something that, like, let's say when you're 20 years old, what's something that you'd put on? Like well, here, you'd be cool. Here's the funny thing. Now, now you talk about trends, th- things in the fire service, as well as in, in ge- the general public, things change and they go from here to here Back to here, mm-hmm. back to there. Back right. To here you mentioned the guys wearing short shorts now. I mean, my I, there's pictures of my dad. That was like in his prime. Like That's high exactly school, college. right. Everyone was wearing the, the thigh high shorts right. and the, and the exactly. sleeveless tees. If I'd have brought my high school yearbook, the basketball team had shorts oh, that, that yeah. high. Yeah, I know they're high. Way <laughs> short. All the clips of Larry Bird. Yeah. You know, yeah. the shorts are halfway up his legs. They, they look like the same yeah. length shorts girls wear in high school. You a know, lot of like, <laughs> a lot of my dad's younger pictures. Yeah, he's got those shorts on. Right, and 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 then the longer shorts came into being, mm-hmm. and they looked funny for a while. Then all of a sudden, that was the you norm. can't the normal. Yeah. And now, when they go back to short again, they're going to look funny mm-hmm. for right. a while. Right. Yeah. Until everybody starts wearing so, it. Kind of on this topic, it's a little bit of a different question. So you you say you're seventy? How old? Seventy six. I okay. just turned seventy six. All right. So you've you've lived, yeah, it was just as you've lived through a handful of decades. <laughs> if you had to pick, what what was your favorite decade? This My year? favorite decade? Yeah. I would say, wow. Probably the seventies. And why? 70s? Yeah. Why? Because of the kids. We had our daughters in 1970 and 1972. Going through that period of our lives, my wife and I were young. The kids were just getting started. It was fun raising two little kids. To me, um, that was the most fun. Honestly, I, I, I miss those days. Hopefully... I'll have great grandchildren. Then my grandchildren came along. <laughs> grandchildren came along, and so you get to you get to relive that. Yeah. And then now great grandchildren, and we get to relive it again, hopefully. And you know, are you listening? I I'm listening to every word of it. I listen to every word of it. Okay. Tyler's got to get that firefighter job first. Yeah, that that's something different right Excellent. there. I I have a lot of respect for the firefighters because that's a different 
type yeah. of and job. And I'll tell you, it, it, talking about things changing <clears throat> in the fire service, everything, everything is different now. Everything. In there what way? One yeah, thing. Way? Resuscitators, <laughs> totally different. T- totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, the mechanics are different, and so forth. Uh, you just take a uh, a ladder. The fly. I don't know if you're familiar with a uh, with with the way you put up a ladder. There's a fly. There's a base and a fly. Okay. When you pull up the fly, it goes up. Goes up. Well, they used to tell us fly in toward the building. Then, a few years later, I'd say a few years, maybe ten years later, they wanted the fly out. Mm-hmm. They thought it was more sturdy that way. Then they rethought that ten years later. No, fly in and fly out. So <laughs> things things keep changing, and th- that's probably a silly example. But everything, the engines, the we used to have run cards. Now everything's on computer. Mm-hmm. Right, you can't get lost. Right, I mean, you just plug in the address and it's gonna. Yeah. You know, that's gone. actually. Hang on, I, since you bring that up, that's a great question. I wouldn't have probably thought of is navigation nowadays. Cool. Everything I like, I'm talking like I'm guilty of it. I'm prideful of like thinking about. No, I don't need directions. You know, I, I've tried to challenge myself in that way because mm-hmm. I'm usually actually good with landmarks. That's kind of I don't know streets as well, but I'll know landmarks. Landmarks right. will get me to where I need to be. But since you bring that up as a firefighter, you're going to a house that chances are you may not even know exactly where it is and you get a call. You, you already slightly said it. So how would you get there? You get a call, you get an address. How? What's getting you guys there? You just know the streets or? Yes. We had run cards that we made and the run card would have the street on one side and all the addresses on that street. And on the other side, it would have a ma- it had a map of the area and a little route that mm-hmm. you might take. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, and we carried a, a bunch of run cards in the engine. Yeah. So if you weren't in, in the fire station, um, that wouldn't help you so much because you didn't. You wouldn't yeah, know exactly my dad says they just have to just pull out map books and right. figure it out. We had, we had map books, and and I will say um, most firefighters are good uh, with directions. I don't right. know why no, that they, is. I don't know why that is, but but it's true. Now, on another n- note, um, I just want you to know that f- things have changed so much, and that you you guys wouldn't even probably realize this but i was in the fire department in our fire department when we hired the first black firefighter and we hired the first woman firefighter in your department specifically right in our department san jose was about the same time they hired their first black firefighter and i don't know exactly when they hired their first female firefighter but i remember ours right and it was it was you would think now by now we've come along this was back back in the 70s when we hired our first uh, the first woman first black you would think that we would have done it before our fire department had been around since 1947 san jose had been along around a lot longer than that way before right but still they hired their first black and first woman right. around the same time we did I think what's what's super interesting about that to touch on is, is first of all to address that is that that's crazy even imagine you know because it is at our age that's almost normal not even almost it is normal it's I mean, normal yeah, to growing up in San Jose we've kind of been introduced to the multiculture right beyond diverse elementary school middle sure. school high school like it's always been a diverse culture growing up you know I my best friend was an African American across the street and I never like 
didn't yeah. even cross my mind. Like, you know, right. it was just normal. Like that's right. But like, you know, you flash back 50 years or whatever. That's crazy. It is. It, it's but, crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy to imagine that because I'll, I'll say two things is that, you know, I got my first vaccine yesterday and standing in line at Levi stadium. I told, I told Emmy, it's like, I, you always know it, but especially being in the Bay area where we are, we are easily probably the most diverse. Oh, for sure. You know, cities or areas, you know, in the United yeah, States, it's, it's, bizarre it's realizing it's just i was kind of looking around people watching it's like it's just people of every demographic race gender everything it's beyond diverse and then to even address talking about your job and the diversity at that time was new it's it's crazy to hear that for him and i uh because it's normal in our generation i think even now we're living through history today where we had the first woman vice president elected in the office you know uh only a handful of years ago we had the first african-american man voted in the office where i think Fast forward and maybe in the next, let's say, 30 years, Shane and I's kids or grandkids, further beyond that, that's going to say, that that was a first then? You know, it's yeah. going to be the same thing. Right. You know, right. it, it, history will repeat itself in, its, in a way. And it, it's incredibly interesting that at your time it seemed so new and different. It was. It was. Whereas us, you know. And I'll tell you what didn't seem different, which now thinking back on it probably should have, but the first Asian firefighter, I didn't even think about that because – when I was in, growing up in school, there were Asian kids all over the place. Right. And they weren't yeah. considered different at all. Right. Not at all. And yet, when I first got on, I can't remember an Asian firefighter. Now, I, I, I may be wrong, but I, I, I don't think there was. But, but after I got on, there were dozens. Yeah, right. A lot of and, them now. Yeah. Right. And uh, so it's, it's so silly because... You know, we're, we're a melting pot here. and Whether you say women, blacks, Asians, white, Hispanic, whoever, we're all the same. We're yeah, at the end yeah, of the day, we are. Same. They're, they're good, they're Every good. individual person has their own individual characteristics. That's right, absolutely. It doesn't matter yeah, what, where they're from or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah 100%. And so we, we talk about, you know, uh, going through the decades and what, what you lived through. And something that I think about is cool to touch on because my, my grandfather went to the Vietnam War. And now you lived through the Vietnam War, correct? At a young, you're what, 20-ish years old, my math's right? A little younger than 20? Yeah, I was 19, and I'll, I'll tell you what happened there. My buddies and I went to college, junior college, for, for a year. And four of us decided, this isn't for us. Mm-hmm. So we went to join the military. So we went to... A Navy recruiter, a Marine recruiter, an Army recruiter. We ended up going to the National Guard recruiter. These guys were having more fun. I, I kid you not. <laughs> they happened to be having a meeting the day we went. And one of the four guys knew, uh, was dating a girl who her father was a major or something in, in, in the National Guard. We went there, and the guy said, oh, you, you guys, you know, we're going to send you. The, you're going to have a good time, blah, blah. So we ended up joining the National Guard. This was in December of of, uh, 64 that we joined. We didn't get to go to basic training till April. So we joined in December. We went to meetings. In the meantime, between December of 64 and April of 65, they started drafting for Vietnam. It was Providence. I mean, we could have been, if we hadn't joined... We probably would have all been drafted. Right. Luckily, we were already in the National Guard, so they couldn't <coughs> draft us. 
we didn't have to go to Vietnam because we were in the National Guard. We did go to Watts. Uh, I don't, you probably don't know anything about that. And we went to Berkeley for the riots in Berkeley, yeah. People's Park and right. so forth. Uh, and we, we did go to that. But um, And we went to anything that um, I can't remember now specific things, but I was in for six years. Right. When you joined the National Guard, you were in for a tour of six years. Uh, and that meant six months of duty. And then you got out of the, uh, the, that six months and you w- went to meetings once a month for the next five and a half years. Right. So and, and so let, let's talk actually a little bit more about the experience through the Vietnam War, right? So you joined, you, you joined the National Guard shortly before shortly, Vietnam started, just before, right? Just before. And, and then before this conversation, we touched on, you know, your, your generation at its time of at 19, 20 years old. What was it like amongst you and your friends hearing that the Vietnam War was, you know, happening? They're drafting. Whereas in our, our day and age, there's no draft. There isn't a draft if we ever went to war. So what was that like it was, for you and your friends and people you even just knew of? Well, for myself, I even hate to say this, but for myself, when seeing all of these young guys being drafted and knowing I could have been one of them, just lucky that I wasn't, but I would have gone, just like all my friends. We would have gone, and I'm thinking, we... All these young guys are getting killed over there. Now, this is after a while, after a few years. All these young guys are getting killed over there. Why are we doing, why are we doing this? Now, I, I wasn't into politics then. I didn't, I, I, I didn't, even, uh, I didn't even know why we were there. I knew, I knew we didn't want Vietnam to go communist. Right. And so we were, we were going to, to, to prevent that. But to be honest, I thought... Why don't we just go over if 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 we're fighting these people, we've got all the air. We can just annihilate them if we want, and yet we're sending young guys over to to, to be killed for what reason? It right. just doesn't didn't seem proper. Didn't seem. And, and through history, we we all kind of know Shane and I growing up is is that we we didn't know why we we're fighting it more or less in the early stages. So, but and what you answered was just interesting because I can't imagine being at that age put in the position where hey. We're gonna pull you into war, son. Like you're you're coming in. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You go to prison. You know, my my grandfather was one of those people who got drafted. Right. He got drafted, sure. and I think my mom actually just said in '66. He got drafted in '66, and I think if I remember, he served until '69. I think something like that. Um, point is, is I can't imagine living through that. And I guess you were quote lucky enough to be in the National Guard at the time, and that's why you weren't drafted, right? Or was it just luck? They, now, don't forget, we went to these different recruiting stations right and they were enticing us to come in the national guard they wanted us they they oh you guys are going to love it here this blah, blah a few months later you couldn't get into that building because there were so many people trying to get into the national to guard, join the national guard to, to join the national the guard war, yeah. we it right. was it was amazing it right really was good timing good well, yeah i yeah <laughs> it's just stuff like that is, you know, talking about the life that you've seen. I can't even begin to fathom that. And that's why I like to, you know, because when I had the opportunity, I would love to ask my grandfather those type of questions, what he lived through, you know, and given Vietnam was He actually went to Vietnam. He went to Vietnam. He was in Vietnam. You didn't talk to him about that? 
I did here and there. It was definitely touchy. He didn't like to go in depth about it. He'd answer my question. If I asked him a question, he would answer it. Yeah. But he wouldn't go out of his way to talk about it. And I kind of took that in. So I wouldn't yeah. go out of my way to ask him, you know, all these things. So I can't imagine, you know, living through that. And that's why, you know, people yeah. like you, I like to ask about that experience while you were in Vietnam. Well, I didn't go to Vietnam. so No, right. Not in Vietnam, but just more so, even better yet, what was like homebound, you know, through those times is something else. It, it, it was uh, an amazing time. It really was. And um, back in, in the late 60s, too, they had the Civil Rights Act, which, uh, which was an, another thing that I didn't follow closely because when I, when I went into the basic training, I went to Fort Polk, Louisiana. In Fort Polk, Louisiana, it was, it was a different world. They let us off for one weekend to go to uh, uh, a weekend pass. So we go into this impoverished little town, Leesville, Louisiana, and we went to go to the show. Well, we go, we go to the show, and there's a white entrance and a black entrance. There's a white drinking fountain in front of the show and a black drinking fountain. Mm -hmm. Whites only, blacks only. I... From Santa Clara County, we had never seen anything like that. So it wasn't like that in the Santa Clara County, oh, right? Oh, absolutely not. Right. No. Because no. even at that no. time, it's still considered yeah, like yeah. a melting pot. Yeah, in fact, before. there weren't that many. Uh, I'll say this. I went to Del Mar High School, and the president of the junior class was a black kid, and he was the only black kid in the junior class. Really? So that goes to show you what kind of – where we came from, and what we were seeing, right? It was, it was yeah, the, the East definitely was behind. I mean, my so my dad uh, works for Green Waste of Palo Alto. He runs the garbage company there. And uh, during Hurricane Katrina, he got called to go help out because um, you know a lot of the drivers lost their homes and they weren't able oh, to yeah, work. Yeah. So they he came in and basically trained new people, right, to yeah. be garbage truck drivers oh, and help right. the cleanup. He was there for right, a while, right, and. Uh, they were driving from one town to the next, and it was him and two guys that he met out there, and uh, it was a white guy and a black guy, and they just went to like a quick mart or whatever, you know, to get some snacks, get some sodas, whatever, and they're waiting in line, and they get all the way to the front of the line, and the, the cashier lady, like, it's like, get, get in the back of the line, Yankee, oh like, just because he was with a black guy, they wouldn't serve him, and he's like, you know, he's like, are you serious, you know, like, we came all the way across the country to help you guys out, you know, exactly during the hurricane. And this is how and you're going to treat us. Imagine technology has gone mm. from in the early 1900s. The planes were just starting to fly. Yeah. We went to the moon in 69. We guys went to the moon in 69 and they still had mm. black yeah. drinking and fountains. That, white that I mean, guy that, that he was with, he, he basically told the, I forgot, you know, whatever the contractor sent him over there. But he's like, you got to get me out of here. That was just what my dad experienced. You sure. Know, one time with him. Sure. But he's like, he felt like he was going to get killed out over there, you know. Right. right. Spending a month away from his family Amazing. doing what he can to help him out. And Amazing. he felt so uncomfortable that he's like, I'm, I feel like I'm like my life's at risk. Get me out. And then they ended up transferring him to, I don't know, somewhere else, you know. To get socially, there, socially our our country is just not keeping up mm -hmm. with technology. Socially, hopefully, yeah. things are changing. Mm -hmm. Right. Are ch and ho hopefully. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, I want to rewind a little bit because you talked about Delmar High School. You, you went there. What year did you graduate, Delmar High? 63. 63. It's just, it's interesting that you said that uh, 
given I know you know, maybe some of the viewers don't, but I coached there. Yes. And last two seasons now I've coached there. And Del Mar actually in our district is, I think they got named the most diverse high school in the Cam- Campbell Union High School District. Good to hear. It's just interesting because it's a total flip 180 from what you said that, you know, when you're graduating class. Really? That that president was, he said he was only yes. black male there, yes, you know. So it's, was. it's crazy to see, again, we, we, it's a broken record, but it, it never stops. We've came a long way, but we haven't gotten far enough quite no, yet. No, we haven't gotten no. far enough, no. It, it's getting better slowly, but. And by the way, don't drop my name there. Because they probably won't. They don't like it. Did you get in some trouble in high school? I didn't get any trouble. I wasn't an especially good student, but I didn't get in any trouble. No trouble. No trouble. So so you only named out just because of bad grades. No trouble. Uh, Well, I wasn't trying. Gotcha. I had the. I was capable. I just wasn't trying. (laughs) I could relate to that. I couldn't say the same. Uh, Yeah, a little other way around. (laughs) I know. Yeah, Shane, Shane dragged me into some trouble, too. Oh, I got him into a, tr- a lot of trouble, but I also got him out of some trouble. Well, that's true, good. that's true. Yeah, good that's friend, good. huh? That's yeah. good to know. So it, it's more or less, I mean, it's just incredible to hear the stuff that you've done and seen. And it, it's it's truly something else. You know, speaking of Del Mar High School, sure. I was a senior. I believe I was a senior when this happened. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, you probably aren't, Sherman Oaks Bowling Alley blew up, blew up when, when huh? uh, I was a senior. <laughs> and I remember hearing the explosion. We, didn't, we lived quite a ways from the high school. And they were refinishing the lanes. The, it was a bowling alley, right. refinishing the lanes. And I don't know whether it was a set-up job or not, but the owner was building Futurama Bowl on the El Camino, I think it was. And Sherman Oaks blew up. They never did rebuild it. They found bowling pins miles away. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. Luckily, no one was killed. No one was there. Uh, and I guess the heater went on or whatever and, and, and uh, blew the place. Imagine walking your dog. Oh. The bowling mind alley. your own business. Oh, you just get cleaned out crazy. by a bowling ball. Or bowling, bowling ball. <laughs> I talked to firefighters later. Now, this, this was when I was a senior in high school, about 62 uh, and I talked to some of the guys that were first in on that fire because that uh, that area was a Santa Clara County area that our, our department protected. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to a guy, Nate Dardinelli, who was driving one of the engines down Bascom Avenue because it was on Bascom Avenue. Right. He said he didn't get within a quarter mile of it because all, all of his tires were flat on the engine. Because of all the debris that was in uh, Oh wow Bascom Avenue, that's, that's crazy. crazy. I've never heard of that. I didn't. I didn't know yeah, yeah. that place existed yet. Alone. Into that. Yeah. What year was that? Around '62. I was a senior in high school, so okay. It was somewhere in '62, '63, some somewhere. That's in interesting. Yeah, I'd never heard that. I had never heard that in the slightest. Look so. it up. It's I will. Yeah, yeah. we we I'll can definitely look that, that up. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about high school, and you know how you you married your wife at 22. What, what did you was she a high school sweetheart? Did you meet her in high school or no? No. Where'd you meet her? Tell me I about met that. Her, I met her. <laughs> I don't know. if She wants me to tell the story. Uh, our live audience is cheers you on. Okay. They want to hear. Yeah. yeah. Live audience Begging is cheering. You. Back back in, in <laughs> we met in um, in '66, I think it was. We went. I went to. Was a place called well the Hawaiian Gardens was was a really nice place that a lot of people used to go to. They changed it into a um, a nightclub, 
and it was called Losers North and Losers South. Losers South was for teenagers okay. dancing. Losers North, I was I was 21 at the time. Losers North was for of age men and women only had to be 18. They couldn't drink, but they only had to be 18. So we went. <laughs> We went to, you would not uh, see that today. Yeah. I can tell you that much. I don't think you'd see that today. We, I went out with a buddy of mine, and I, he's still a good friend of mine. Uh, we went out, and she was there, and I asked her to dance, and that was that. What was it? What was the icebreaker? What was the icebreaker on that one? You see, you see a cute girl across the dance floor. I you see know. her across the dance floor dancing with some other guy. Okay, so, so I a competition waited. right off competition. the bat. Competition. I waited, and I waited, and I thought, well, this guy's going to have to. You know, sit her down one of these days. He's got to pee so or something. So he finally did, and I went up. I asked her to dance, and that was that. I never let her sit down again. Of course, she wanted uh, apparently, hopefully, she wanted to keep dancing, yeah. and we did. And then we, I, I took her. Um, actually, she took me home. We were with. I was in in my buddy's Corvette, so I didn't have a car. She took me home. And I got in my car and followed her home to her house so that she gotcha. didn't have to drive home by herself. But I that see. Was Good that. gentleman. Oh, gentleman. Yeah. Oh, sure. Love Any, that. Anything you could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, was, it was quite a time. Yeah, I would say so. So I, I want to actually – actually, I'm glad my mom brought that up. I was going to say, so I know I'm not much of a dancer myself. but <laughs> Absolutely not. So, yeah, I, I, I choose no not shot. to dance. Even I Sober as a – Rhythm involves. I, nope. <laughs> you ripped me apart here, <laughs> bud. You ripped me apart. Cut me some slack. But point is, I'm not a dancer. So, I mean, did you have some go-to dance moves? I mean, no. Uh, no? No. no? Slow. Just slow. slow. It, was, it was all yeah. slow dancing. Yeah. My mom asked for She said, let's see the moves. That's what she is asking And for. you know who was, who was playing that night? Who? Sly and the Family Stone. Am I right? Sly yeah. and the Family Stone. That was they. They happened to be there that night. So that must be beyond my time because I haven't even. You didn't know who yeah. they are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm family just kidding. I, wow. I, could, I could play like, oh, oh yeah, I know yeah, all their songs. That's okay. That's okay. look yeah. them up. I look them up. I will look them. I could do my homework. I could yeah. do my homework. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you too. I want to go back. You know, I know we're talking about you know th this lighthearted stuff. But I want to ask you more about firefighting and stuff like that and your experiences again. Is as far as living through things now, this is past a, a point you're older, and actually uh, you would have grandkids by then. But I always like to ask, especially you being a firefighter, what was 9-11 like living through that? You know, he's, obviously you clearly weren't in New York, but being – were you a firefighter at that no, time still? You were already retired. retired. No, but newly retired, 9-11 was in 2001. Okay. I retired in 99. Okay, gotcha. So, so I was two retired. years. But my brother – was uh, followed me ten years later. He he was a he was a firefighter too in in my department. He worked for Mountain View for three years and then came to our department, and uh, he was still on during that time. And he said it was it was amazing because people would come and bring bring gifts to the firehouse. I mean, we had nothing to do with nine eleven, obviously, yeah, right? But people started realizing, wow. These places, these buildings were on fire, and these 300-and-something firefighters were rushing, rushing into the building. Rushing into the burning, yeah. to death. To death. Yeah. They were rushing to their death, yeah. and everybody was coming out. And anybody that's in the fire department knows you don't, you don't have the luxury to say, oh, no, no. I'm yeah, I'm good. There. That's not an option. I'm not going in there. So it was 
those guys are truly heroes. Right. Truly heroes. Say and they the didn't least. find any. They found pulverized pieces <clears throat> of bone. I mean, yeah. Right. So, so what I want to ask you is, is then, you know, seeing that on the news when it broke, when it's first happening, and being a firefighter and knowing exactly what these these, as you said, heroes are going through and what they're gonna face going in there. What was your initial thought? Obviously, you know, like, oh, this is horrible. It was but horrible. Like, it was horrible. I, 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 I was. Just like everybody else watching at the right. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, 2001, I remember getting up and watching TV and seeing that one of the Twin Towers was, was burning and didn't know that the plane had gone into it. My wife had gotten up and gone to, to take care of uh, the grandkids that right. morning. It was, I forgot what day of the week it was, but... So I, I, I was mesmerized by the TV, and it right. was just, it was incredible. It was right. it was incredible. And then one, the second plane hit. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that stands, obviously, I mean, we were alive, but, you know, two, three, we were three years babies. old, right? <laughs> Don't have any real memory of it, but looking back, you know, they have all the documentaries and whatnot. One thing that really stood out to me was, like, the days after, like, how, like, connected our country was and, like, strong. Came as a unit. Really yeah, sure. and that's, like, one thing that's, like, I mean, we just don't have that today. You know, all the riots and everything like that. It's like, it would be so good to just see us all come together. Like, it almost brings, like, tears to my eyes, like, how beautiful it was. It really sure. Everyone it was, was brothers was. and sisters the next, you yeah, know, absolutely. next following day. Absolutely. People did realize at that time, well, it isn't about them. It, it's about us. Mm-hmm. It's about us. And, and, and it still is. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to... Uh, realize it again it's about all of us and 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 sticking together one nation and and so forth um one thing i didn't touch on and i don't know how much time we have no please no as as much as you want the um the i was i was on during the um during the earthquake and i believe that was in 87 yeah 87 87. yeah my my dad lived in the santa cruz mountains so they got hit hard Yeah. yeah yeah well I wasn't on duty that day, but I was at a golf tournament in Hollister. And I remember um, sitting down. We're just going to eat. And it was around 5 o'clock. And the World Series was, was mm-hmm. just came right. on TV. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the TV went blank. And somebody said, look out there. And, and you look out. If you've ever been to uh, Ridgemark Golf Course, you can look out to the golf course. And you could see a wave coming toward the, the, the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. That's bonkers. A wave of... I think I think uh, uh, my grandma was driving. Really? I, and she yeah. said like the road literally looks like a wave coming. Yeah, there. right. A wave coming. I, mean, I couldn't imagine Maybe. driving down the road and a concrete wave just. So, crazy. so I, naturally that was oh, it for the golf tournament. Yeah. We all went home. Uh-huh. Everybody went home, and I, I um, we all knew to go in mm-hmm. to, to, to work. So when I got to the fire station, the engine was already gone. But we had we had an, another engine there that we were able to take out. You couldn't when you walked in the fire. There was stuff in this was in Los Gatos. You could not. There was you couldn't see any of the floor because everything was out of the lockers, um, out of the, the kitchen cabinets. Everything was on the floor. So we got in we got in the engine and they sent us to Redwood Estates, which is that's uh, where my dad lived. Redwood, Redwood Estates. Yeah. yeah. So we went up there and there was a house on fire. Trouble is, there was no water. Mm-hmm. All the water mains were broken. Yeah, hmm. and the owner, the homeowner of the house, was livid because we could not 
we had a tank full of water. Mm -hmm. If we expended it on his house, we couldn't protect the the perimeter. Yeah. Right. And you you didn't want the fire to go to spread. Yeah. To spread. At some point, they had to actually yeah. arrest him because he was. He, oh he, wow. Oh, he poor guy. And I to this day feel sorry for him. In a related incident, a few days later after the earthquake, we went. Uh, we had to go door to door up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Mm -hmm because we didn't know, you know, buildings had collapsed. And, yeah. and so we went door to door to, to make sure that there was no one trapped. We got to this one house and there was a, some, they'd already red tagged it so that nobody could go in. The house was off its foundation. There was, uh, we could see there was a car underneath, the, the, the driveway had gone underneath the house and it was a Corvette and it was down there and somebody came across and said, hey, do you, do you guys smell smoke or smell gasoline down there? And I said, no, we don't, you know, do you guys smell anything? No. Well, there was a, a dog house that was right up next to the house. There was a dog house and mm -hmm. it was, uh, it, 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 there was a pit bull, female pit bull <coughs> in the house. I could see the chain mm -hmm. that, that was on the dog coming into the house. So I, 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 we mentioned somebody mentioned you know watch out there's a dog here so be careful so we did we we and and we moved on to the next house and so forth but somebody did come across and ask if to ask if we smelled gasoline we didn't so we we moved on we everything was fine at that house moved on moved on so an hour and a half later or so we're a couple of streets down the, a fire a fire alarm comes in and where do you suppose it was that house. That house. Oh, that yeah. house. So we <coughs> jump in the engine, and we're first on the scene. We get there, and so we start pulling lines and so forth. And guess what? That doghouse wasn't next to the house anymore. It was what? Way far away from the house, next to the fence, and it was way too heavy for the dog to drag over there. So we filed that. And we fought the fire, and after the fire, the investigator came up, and and I told him, I said, uh, the doghouse was here when we were here an hour and a half ago, and, and it's not there anymore. What that tells us is oh. somebody didn't want to burn the dog up, so they took the doghouse away from the house. And I remember having to testify at at the trial. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. For the two Insurance brothers. Fraud, yeah. For the two what? brothers. And, and believe I me, I, I felt for them because the the insurance would not cover the earthquake yeah. but it would have covered the fire That's right so my grandpa was like the only person the only house in that entire neighborhood that had earthquake insurance really yeah he <laughs> was like the entire the only one yeah. at least on his block yeah, yeah. um that's crazy. No, I don't know if my dad's still in here, but he probably knows exactly what you're talking about. The audacity of someone to this, do, do that. A, it was somewhere near Lexington Reservoir, and I okay. can't remember the exact street name. Now, but, but yeah, Redwood Estates. I mean, my dad and yeah. uh, his like lifelong Chemakita friend. Park, Redwood uh, Estates, that whole area uh -huh. up there. Yeah. In fact, when we we uh, consolidated with uh, with CDF back in mm -hmm. 1970, we took in um, their guys that worked at Alma. Yeah. I wonder. I don't know if my dad's in here. What years he was a firefighter up there? But uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. up at the house during the earthquake because, like, his neighbors, like across the street, there's a giant sinking, 
between that so that him and uh, his friend Pat like built a bridge across oh, the, the yeah. for his neighbors to get out and stuff. Oh, and, neat. The, I mean, be, beyond just, you know, it rings, mm-hmm. you know, it, or the connection, if you will, yeah. that your dad, you know, living over there and working. But the audacity of someone to do that, though, is incredible. Well, Take it, advantage it was, but of it. You know, you can, you can understand it. The two sons, they were probably in their 20s. They're trying to protect their parents. Their parents right. didn't have insurance. They lost everything. Yeah. And so, you know, I could understand it. I, hopefully, the judge took that into consideration. Yeah. And, My dad said he was stationed at the Felton Station during the earthquake. And his engine got to escort President Bush when oh, he no landed kidding. in Scotts Valley. Oh, neat. Huh. That's yeah, cool. That is Felton's over in Santa Cruz County, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was there, and he was in Corlitis. And then, um, oh, um, he could say, what's the – he was on top of Empire Grade, the uh, Lockheed, Lockheed Martin. Oh, he yeah. worked at, Oh, he worked up there. Oh, neat, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's just incredible to – incredible to think – that someone would take advantage of a natural disaster like that to do that. I get the reasoning, if you will, but it's just bizarre yeah. to think yeah. someone would. We had a neighbor in our neighborhood that was like total, like scammer like that. Like, she, she did something. She like flooded her backyard so she can get insurance. Like she got all new lawn, whatever, <laughs> all new landscape, and then she burned down her kitchen on purpose to get a new remodeled kitchen and actually. Her kitchen then caught on fire. No kidding. And like a, a grease fire. Yeah. And she actually passed away from like third degree burns trying to protect her kitchen. Well, that's the thing about about you know doing it for, for whatever reason you do uh-huh. it for. And I'm not saying it's it's ever right because it never is yeah. because somebody could be killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could be a firefighter, it could be a, a neighbor trying to rush in and. and yeah, in and, this case it was her, but it easily yeah, could have been could have been anybody. anybody sure. Right, right. Well, Frank, I cannot thank you enough for this opportunity of you joining us on episode four of this show. Um, I've had a fantastic time hearing your stories and learning even more than I already knew about you in this time I've been a part of. It's been my pleasure. Good talk. Absolutely. So, Shane, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Frank. I appreciate it. I think maybe before we close out, we've been pestering with you with questions all day. If you had any questions for us, you'd like us to answer before we. uh, Wrap up. Oh, that that I put you on. The that's spot. new. I, was, I didn't know that was coming. Hey, no, I know. We, it's been an hour of us asking you um, stuff. So if you had anything for us, you'd like us to answer. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, let me ask you, if you had your druthers, what would you like to do in life? What would what what floats your boat? Well, so I I uh, I race motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like obviously like my biggest passion, and you know I have a good job, but I think. If I could choose to get paid to do anything, it'd probably be like racing. I so I race in like the pro in the pro class, but I'm not as committed. Like I have other friends that are like the top dog pro guys, you know, that they get paid as their living. Uh-huh. You know, I'm more at the bottom of the pack of the pros because I work full time and you know I'm not able to put in the training and effort. But I think if like money wasn't an option, right, or it wasn't a problem, I'd probably full commit to that racing professionally across the country and around the okay. world and stuff. we'll talk later because i know john fox oh really yes nice. he's our neighbor oh cool oh yeah <laughs> you know who that is yeah i know who john okay. fox is yeah that's awesome <laughs> um yeah i could use a new sponsor <laughs> <laughs> there you go hey that's, that's gateway right that's awesome. get you in now how about you truthfully what we're doing right here like change said, money wasn't the problem 
I would, I love doing this. I would love to have all sorts of people on big or small, no matter what they're doing. I love talking to people and people's person to begin with. So if I could make a living off of, you know, chatting people and having a good time, having a drink or whatever it is, you know, it's uh this, this would be the dream in a larger scale. But, yeah, well, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you guys are doing a good job, and you made me feel comfortable. So, good. hey, well, awesome. Yeah, well, you are welcome back anytime. If you well, have some you. more stories you want to thank share, you. I'd love to have it. How about, how about our uh, live audience back here, huh? Yeah, live audience, love yeah. to have it. Do you have any questions from the audience back there while we're here? No. Thank you. Awesome. That means we talked about everything. Awesome. Well, hey, well, everyone who's tuned into the show, thank you guys so much for the support. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Let me know what you guys thought about the show down in the comments. This will be on YouTube. It will be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, hopefully by next week. Um, but with that being said, I think we're all set to go. Yeah, we'll say, see Shane? you guys uh, next Wednesday. Oh, we almost forgot yeah. the big news. Special, we're doing every yeah. Wednesday now. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. It, I mean, that was a big news. We yeah. were doing bi-weekly. Yeah, we're gonna. We're, we're doing weekly now, Frank. Weekly. That's a big step up. Yeah, yeah. We, we've we're gotten going full in. We, we've gotten a, gotten a good little I'm traction excited. on it. I, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, excited about it too. So, yeah. so we just got to get on all the other platforms though, other than just Twitch here, you know. And uh, we'll see where it goes. So I'm excited. So make sure you guys catch that. All right. Hey, uh, as always, be a friend, tell a friend, share it around. You know, if you enjoyed yeah. the show, why don't you tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your aunt. You know, if you hate yeah. the show, forget it ever happened. Move on. All right. <laughs> With that being said, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Later.